0: And it is good for me to see you. I'm glad you're here as well. We are in uh, this series out of 2 Timothy called Fan Into Flame. And we, I don't know about you, but I've been encouraged. The more I'm in this series, the more encouraged I am, the more my flickering flame, the little ember is getting brighter and brighter. Hope that that's your experience too as we continue in this. Today we are in the topic, Be Strong. I want to start this way by saying, you know, I'm really, really I love Verde Valley Christian Church, and one of the things I love most about it is our purpose statement, that uh, we are expressing ourselves to this end. Our purpose is to help each of us move from wherever we are to where God wants us to be. Well, what that means for us is that wherever you are, you're welcome. And if you think that you've already arrived at where God wants you to be, um, no, that's not the case. We haven't arrived yet. We are imperfect people on a journey. Even if you've received Jesus Christ, this New Testament is very clear about how we're in process in a sanctifying work of step by step, glory by glory, looking more and more like the image of Jesus Christ himself. So, imperfect people, welcome. Welcome. And when I say that, we need to keep in mind that imperfect people were welcome way back in 64 as well. And I'm not talking about 1964. I'm talking about A.D. 64, which is the time frame that this letter comes out of. If you were with us last week, we saw that it was during a perfect storm. And here's the thing about perfect storms. In perfect storms, you have three things coming together. You have imperfect people a fallen world and wave upon wave of very dark difficulties. And in those waves upon waves of very dark difficulties, what takes place is we're like little cups filled with gunk because we're imperfect. And then we may have been before that perfect storm, little weebles that wobble and don't fall down. But during that perfect storm, we fall over And if it's a travel mug, the lid comes off and all that gunk spills out for everybody to see. That's how it was in AD 64 to AD 66. That's how it was in 2020 through 2022. We witnessed imperfect people just spilling out with gunk. Gunk. We perhaps ourselves were imperfect people just spilling out with gunk. And it becomes quite difficult. What I didn't mention last week was it wasn't just in Ephesus where Timothy served as a pastor. It was regionally that this threat to Christianity was taking place. Simultaneously with that, A revolution of power was uh, rising in Jerusalem. It was going to grow to crescendo at the point where at AD 70, Jerusalem would be crushed by the Romans. The temple would be destroyed. But at this point in AD 64, there's a lot of unrest as everybody is moving towards a power takeover in a revolution and overtaking the Romans. And that's where the insurrection is developing to where Rome with all the power comes and crushes it. In the middle of that atmosphere, the churches were affected also with this raised level of tension and this raised level of conflict. Everybody's feeling it. There came within it also heretical teachers with all kinds of strange ideas. And the church was being peppered with all this mess of imperfect people. Now, I don't think that 2020 through 2022 was as dark as 60 to 66 or through 70 AD. However, there's so much to be learned for us on how to be strong. And so I am excited to jump right into 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 as we move into this topic of be strong. Point number one. It's a particular kind of strength that is needed in these perfect storms. It's not just trumping ourselves up as if a coach says, come on guys, be strong. It's not like we're just responding with emotion to try harder. This is a particular kind of strength. It is be strong in the grace. And 2 Timothy 2.1 reads this way. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul is describing a supernatural strength that is not achieved in the natural. And he's describing a grace, which means it's a gift from God. And this strength is not something you train up to. It's not a strength that you get by trying harder. It's a strength that is a gift of God in Christ Jesus by the work of the cross and his resurrection. And so in Christ Jesus, when you want this strength, this strength becomes available to us through the power, the resurrection power of Jesus, which is empowered personally through his Holy Spirit, who is given out to those who have received the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is given to those of us who want Jesus, want to follow Jesus, and his strength is metered out and given out freely to those who ask for it, want it, and it's given to us every day in full measure to do everything we need to do to give God glory. He gives us strength by grace to accomplish what he's called us to, and you know what he's called us to? To honor him every day in every thought in every action, in every way. So, welcome imperfect people. How are we doing? That's why we need this grace that God gives us a strength that is not our own when we tend to mess up, tend to spill over, tend to boil over. If we are looking to Jesus and asking for this grace, we will receive a strength that is not our own to be able to live according to the call that Jesus has given us. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Can I just reiterate, it's only available as a gift. It's only for those who want this gift. This strength is only for those who ask for this gift. If you didn't ask today, maybe you're not receiving the grace you need today. Maybe you're trying to do it on your own today. Those are maybes. It's only for those who trust Jesus and want Jesus. Now, before we move on, I just want us to understand that we typically think of grace usually in these terms, I'm a sinner, I need grace. I'm a sinner, I need his forgiveness. You need to understand that grace is a far bigger word than this. That Jesus operated by grace and he was not a sinner. That Jesus was constantly asking for the strength of the Father, the will of the Father and the Father to show him what he needed to do that day and to have the strength that he could do it as a man, the same way we do. To accomplish the will of God. And so he constantly downloaded the grace of God. And God is very gracious to give his son precisely what he needed because his son was embodying everything that God was looking for. Humility and the asking and the wanting of God's grace. We need to do the same. Be strong in the grace. But this strength of the grace is given to us for a particular purpose It's not just to be flaunting our strength around supernatural strength to do whatever. It's the purpose of, and in this context in particular, it's the purpose of point number two, passing the baton. We've been talking about this each session together. Pass the baton. Now we're ready to move to verse two. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So, did you see the passing of the baton? You've heard these things from me. I've given them to you. You now entrust them to reliable people so they can entrust it to others. So this baton gets passed, then passed, then passed. We usually think of if we drop the baton, we lose the next generation. We usually think only the generation of ages below us. Okay? And we are the churches in America are dropping the batons and we're losing generations under us. By the droves, okay, because we're not passing the baton. But I want you to think in terms of ages, because if you pass, let me just put it specifically, if I pass a baton, and I'm 62, and I pass a baton to an 85-year-old who's never given his life over to Jesus, and he receives that baton, he's a newborn in Christ, I just pass it on to the next generation, even though he's older than me in age. And that person is to take that baton and pass it on to the next generation around him. It might be some 70-year-olds. It might be his kids. It might be his grandkids. And as he passes the baton, he's reaching the next generation from him. If he reaches somebody, there's grandchildren in the the, the baton pass that I just passed. Okay? So we need to reach generation to generation. And the links that we have when we pass the baton are so critical because if the baton is dropped, all those relationships that God has called you to make a difference, you've dropped the baton. All of us are called to be a part of this grace, to be a part of this kingdom work. We're called to follow Jesus and give good news, the gospel baton, to those around us. Somehow, we've turned making disciples and mentoring people into something it's not. So on the screen, this is what it's not. Somehow we have to make disciples instead of inspiration junkies. We have so many people coming to church to get new inspiration. Oh, if you could just teach me more. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so great. And we just hang on to a little inspiration to go on our merry way and feel better about ourselves. Folks, this isn't about information. This is about life change. Transformation. And the only way this takes place is if we get in close enough proximity to pass the baton. And by the way, you don't throw this thing. It's against the rules. You got to get close enough to people to mentor them so they see more than hearing your words. They want what you have. The peace, the love, the joy. And they want that enough to where they reach for the baton as you're offering them the baton and able to see what it's about. It's not just inspiration. This is transformation that they want to sign up for and run with. This baton we heard from session one and we continue to hear. It takes a firm grasp to run with. Don't be running around like this. Come on. You know, you've got to have all your fingers on it and the opposing thumb and a firm grip. And we've talked about our core statements as a church, right? Love God wholeheartedly. That's the thumb. All of the other core statements hang from the thumb, just like Jesus said. All the law and the prophets hang from love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? All the rest hang from it. So, Love God wholeheartedly. Do first things first. Don't do life alone. Save people, serve people. Follow or save, follow me. Got it? If all you do is, oh, I love God, and you're not passing the baton, you're walking around like this. And any enemy is going to whack that thing out of your grip. And that's when your cup spills over, and the real you is goo Everywhere. And everybody goes, if that's what it means to follow Christ, I don't want to have anything to do with it, right? Let's get a grip on the good news. This is more than inspiration. So we're about to move forward. For those of you who are literary types, we're going to mix our metaphors. We're going to jumble, mumble all the metaphors together. And Paul's going to add three metaphors now. And because I've got a fourth metaphor, and we're putting it together, it's not a literary thing. You've got to think more like a video person, as you've got pictures moving every which way to learn what it is that Paul is trying to get a hold of for us. So, A on your outline, we're going to pass the baton like a soldier. I think this is fascinating because, first of all, here's a visual. Roman soldier helmet. I know you want me to put this on, but I don't think it fits. Even if it did fit, I don't want to mess up my hair. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) All right? So, Roman soldier. I think it's fascinating that he uses as a positive metaphor a soldier illustration, and probably the last soldier he looked at is one that did him harm, and he's in chains now. Maybe it's one of those that he talked to two years earlier, and they're catching up, and he has fondness for him. I don't know. But like a soldier, let's read what he says. Verse three Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Not just any old soldier, a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. So the point that Paul wants us to get across is you enlisted. When you said yes to Jesus, it wasn't just that you said yes to heaven. You enlisted to be part of his kingdom and he has kingdom subjects and he has an army of kingdom subjects to reach the dark world and he's in a takeover situation because there was a hostile takeover of sin and now he's retaking ground and we are part of this and he's bringing grace to the world love and truth to the world, and one by one receiving people out of the darkness by transformation, not by lethal force, by loving force. Not by powering down, but by using the weapons that Jesus gives us, which is not powering down, even according to rules. I have the authority, follow me. No, a lot of churches are still there. Follow me because I'm serving you. That was Jesus' whole method. If you want to be great in the kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. It's not, do this, do this, do this. Come. Follow me. Do you want this? It's a beautiful thing. Like a soldier in the kingdom. So, if you're all about just getting to heaven, you really are signed up for a cruise ship, and he said, that's not my ship. We are a rescue ship. We're not a cruise ship. We're not evaluating how good the menu is today. We're not evaluating how wonderful the meal is I just served up. We're in a rescue operation with instructions and equipping so that we'll be part of the rescue crew, not the passengers they are laughing it up, right? That's us, good soldiers. The next picture he gives us is like an athlete. So he's mixing the metaphors. But I want you to, before we move on, I want you to picture in your mind, because we're going to mix these metaphors up. Roman soldier, I'm just holding up the helmet. Picture the full armor of the Roman soldier, and we just, according to Paul, passed him off a baton. And we're running the 4 by 400 and he's chunk, 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 chunk. Now picture it on your head, because it's going to help you remember this. It's going to be a sticky mixed metaphor. Just remember, this soldier is doing his best with the weapons that he has to pass it now to the athlete. Paul passed it to him. He's passing it to the athlete. Now, the athlete, we can picture a little bit more easily because, after all, in in those days, they had the Olympics. Believe it or not, way back then. They had the Olympics, so we picture that rather well. So we're reading in verse 5. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Now, here's an interesting thing that Paul wants us to focus on. He's talked about a soldier. Now he's talking about rules. And the rules, he's saying, is stay in your lane. And I've already mentioned some rules Even as it relates to how we pass this thing along, it's not a power down situation. It's not tell, tell, tell. It is show and serve and love. Those are the rules of the new covenant. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. Love one another, even as I have loved you. And then they were watching how much he loved them to the point of sacrifice, to the point of death on a cross. And they didn't know what was going on. Then he rose from the grave and now it becomes even more powerful through your own death and resurrection with Jesus. You're going to love the same way Jesus does. At an expense to you, in a sacrificial way, the costs. This is the new rule. Athletes, We've got to run in our lane according to these new rules. It's not, this is what's right, you are all wrong, new rules. Loving one another the way Jesus loved us. And then the athlete, did I not even hold up the athlete's head? Forget the who it's helmet of, okay? Okay just an idea of an athlete. So I am mixing even the athletic metaphor because who runs with a football helmet, right? Except we're on the football field. But we're running the 4 by 4 100 relay and passing off this baton. Now we're going to pass it off to a farmer. Right? A farmer. 2 Timothy 2, 6-7 through reads, The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Okay, so as we reflect on what he's saying, the obvious is right there. Hardworking, harvest. Hardworking, harvest. Connect the dots. No hardworking, no harvest. Very little work, very little harvest. Connect the dots. Some of us don't connect the dots. We just want... Harvest. And he says, be like the farmer. It's going to take hard work. And Jesus taught a lot about kingdom principles and farming. The kingdom of God is like the farmer who went out to sow the seeds. And if you remember the story, there's all kinds of difficulty coming up with a big harvest. Keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. And did you see the partnership in farming? Hard work all by itself can result in next to nothing. There's this covenant partnership between our part and God's part. Faith in the harvest and hard work. Hard work and faith go together. You don't really believe if you're not working the faith, are you? Come on, farmer. Focus on the harvest. If you really focus on the harvest, you will put effort into the watering and the planting and the cultivating of relationships and the seed planting at the right time and prayer that there's rain and prayer that there's harvest because we can't produce a thing without the work of God. It's a new covenant partnership as we're farming God's field. Then we move on to point number three. Oh, you know what? Before we move on to point number three, these guys are running the race in all this mixed idea. If you just think of all of those things are what gets passed on to you as one gets passed to the next, to the next, to the next, they pass it to you. Just like Paul is giving this visual to get it to be passed to Timothy, all of this is being passed to us so that we will become... Like the soldier, like the athlete, like the farmer, so that we can run and be the mentor the way that he's describing here. In the middle of a perfect storm. Are you with me? We've got all these images going on here, but we need to get a hold of how hard this is and how much we need the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace of of Christ Jesus, that is found in Christ Jesus. Point number three, remembering will help you endure. 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 10, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. That they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Let's just punch at this a little bit. Remember his sacrifice and resurrection. He is fully God. He predicted his resurrection, rose from the dead. Remember, he descended from David. He's fully man. And he's the king who fulfilled all those messianic hopes, and he has a kingdom. Remember the price that he paid, and remember he's called you in a co-mission with him. Remember. And when you suffer, verse 9, remember his victory. Remember, he suffered to save you. Now, love others like he loved you. Remember, the gospel is unstoppable. God's word, verse 9, is not chained. I'm in chains, Paul says, but God's word is not Chained. It is not stoppable. Remember. Remember to endure for others' sake. Let's just read verse 10 again. Endure everything that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That's why we're here. It's not all about us. It's about the glory of God and reaching those who were in bigger mess or just as mess As we've been in, and then Paul continues at verse eleven. Here is a trustworthy saying. I just want to pause there for a moment, and it makes me want to ask: Was this Paul saying? And. The scholars talk about how lyrical this is. It could be a song, and they think it could be an ancient hymn, one of the first hymns the early Christians sang. And when we read about the he that it talks about, it's clearly Jesus that is the he in every case because he's the one that uh, died for us. And uh, then it makes me think, or is this a song Paul wrote that started to circulate now from memory The song he wrote, he's writing this trustworthy saying that's circulating out there. Whatever it is, because we're under the heading remember, in verse 8, I would challenge some of us to consider memorizing what we're about to read. Because we need this to endure every perfect storm. Let me say that again. As you're listening, some of you may be challenged Yes, I need this to endure my storm. I will commit this to memory. Over 40 years I committed this to memory, all of chapter 2. I need to knock the rust off. I could not quote it before you now. It's 40 years ago, so I need to rework it. But you might consider that. Here we go. If we died with him, and we did if we were baptized into him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. He cannot change the fact that he's always faithful to those Who asks for grace, he gives more grace. To those who want Jesus, to those who want the grace that he gives, he gives it. To those who no longer want Jesus and you disown him, he gives you what you want. Our Lord Jesus remains faithful even when we falter. If you are struggling, Jesus is the answer. If you are struggling, humbly seek Jesus. When you falter and yet humbly look again to Jesus, he is absolutely committed to give you more grace. It's who he is, and he is faithful. He died to accomplish that and to continue to cover you in it and give you the strength that you need today. Would you stand with me? Because I'd like us to finish with an affirmation. Read that silently for now because in a moment I'd like us to read it all together out loud if that is something you'd like to read in affirm, That's up to you. You can be silent and not go there if you want to, but I hope you'll want to go there. Read it silently first and then we'll read it together. Ready? I am strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Grace is God's gift to me today. Amen to that. Now we probably need to be saying those kinds of things and believing those kinds of things and reaching out for those kinds of things and continue to experience what it's like to live in a grace and a strength that we sense is supernatural and we don't even know where it's coming from or how it's coming but we know it's there. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for the strength that you provide in Christ Jesus. Help us to be a good soldier, a good athlete, a good farmer, a good relay runner, passing good news to all those around us that you're calling us to bless. You have blessed us to be a blessing. Amen. God bless you. See you next week for the next installment of Fan into Flame.